6: Today is Wednesday, April 21st, 2021, coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, hours before the guilty verdict was announced in the Derek Chauvin murder trial. A 16-year-old girl in Columbus, Ohio, was killed by a cop there who will talk with the mayor of Columbus as well as community activists about that particular shooting. In the Department of Justice, they are opening an investigation to policing practices in Minneapolis after Derek Chauvin was found guilty on three counts a murder yesterday for the death of George Floyd. Folks, you don't want to miss the verbal beatdown Congresswoman Val Demings, a longtime police officer, gave to Republican Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio. Oh my God, was it indeed delicious. And speaking of delicious, wait until you see how Stacey Abrams just checked a U.S. Senator from Louisiana. And speaking of Georgia, clergy from across the state have initiated a boycott against Home Depot. We'll tell you exactly why. And the U.S. Senate narrowly confirmed Vanita Gupta as a number three position in the Department of Justice today. And in Louisiana, a school bus driver lost her job for comments she made about George Floyd to a sixth grader. In North Carolina, a man was fatally shot while deputies uh, were serving a warrant. With all of that and more, come pick up a roller mark on the It's time to bring the funk. Let's go. Folks, um, yesterday after the, George Flo- after the decision in the De- George Floyd murder, Derek Chauvin was found guilty, people were shocked and stunned when the body camera footage was, re- was released showing a Columbus police officer named Nicholas Reardon shooting and killing 16-year-old Makia Bryant outside of her home. We are warning you right now that this is a shocking and stunning video. The body cam footage was released by the Columbus Police Department last night. And so uh, if you do not want to see this footage, uh, I'm going to give you another 10 seconds uh, to please turn away. Uh, it is uh shocked So many different people and folks are asking a lot of questions about this shooting and how that police officer in 22 seconds from getting out of it, opening his door to the first shot being fired, how that decision was made. Here it is.
7: Hey. Oh, what's
5: going on? Hey, what's going on? Hey, 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 get out, get out, get out, get out. No, hey, yo, you shoot <laughs> <Who's that? laughs> Like yeah, I you fucking did. serious? True. She shot? Back up. Is she
7: shot? What? She had a knife, she
8: just went at her.
5: She's, She's, right. Right. She's a fucking oh. kid, man! Damn, oh, are you stupid? A fucking kid? I tell you. 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 you you. about? i on my chair! i tell you all right, what
3: do, to do? what do you need me to do? What do you need me to do?
5: What do you need
9: me to do? Try to pull, out, try to pull her. All right. All right,
10: what do
2: you need me What do? You need me to pull her down. We're off this way. All right.
9: Hold on. I'll take this. 200, 800. 200,
0: 800.
8: She came at her with a knife.
1: Was
5: knife. I I shot shot. The it, shot. it was Makia Bryant
6: who called police to her home for help against attackers. When police arrived, Bryant had a knife in her hand to defend herself, according to witnesses. We showed you that particular body camera footage there. Now, the city of Columbus held a news conference earlier today. Makia's 911 phone call was released.
5: 911, where's your emergency? Oh, I is there an apartment number letter? What's going on? The um, the to talk is, to me? It's We got these okay. grown girls over here trying to fight us, trying to stab us, trying to put our hands on our grandma. I'll get her now. Do you see any weapons? <laughs> grandma, grandma, grandma. Ma'am, do you see any weapons?
0: We need, a, we need a
5: police officer here now. Do you see we any weapons? We need a police officer now
6: as you can tell a very chaotic scene video shot by a witness shows officers attempting cpr on bryant while the officers who shot her stands by and watches again if you do, warning you not, if you want to turn away, please do so because it's a uh, fairly graphic footage.
7: Why do y'all always do this to people? Why do y'all always do this to people?
5: That is fucked up. That is fucked up. You're so racist.
7: You didn't have to shoot her. you are always trying to kill people. Oh my God.
6: I can't believe this. Moments after the incident, witnesses question and reprimand several police officers, and one of them yells, Blue Lives Matter.
5: Yeah, Blue Lives Matter. Crazy. Insult.
4: Especially
7: at this, at this place right now. Yeah, it's definitely an insult. You sound stupid as fuck, bitch. Yeah, yeah, fuck. That, that, that flag the Blue Light Matter flag. The fuck? That girl just got shot. Did he just say that? He said well, Blue Lives Matter? No, he just said that? Boy, shut the fuck up because Blue Lives don't matter right now. I don't want to hear none of that dumb shit. The fuck is you talking about? The fuck, this 15 year old just got killed, and you're talking about Blue Lights Matter? Get the fuck serious, bro. He shot her because she had a knife. He got out and didn't ask no motherfucker questions. And you talking about black, Blue Lights Matter? Man, get the fuck, man. fuck on my face, bro. For real.
5: Sound stupid as fuck. Like,
7: you know,
6: the victim's is- mother, Paula, shared a few thoughts about her daughter.
10: Makaya was named after a male prophet in the Bible. She was a very loving, peaceful little girl. She was 16 years old. She was an honor roll student. And um, Micaiah had a motherly nature about her. She promoted peace. And that's something that I want to always be remembered.
6: Her foster sister shared a video of her dancing and enjoying life in a tweet. She said, this is my foster sister, Makia. I want her to be remembered as a sweet, full of life, young girl. She was not as what people go and play the video, please. I can read it, but people are painting her out to be. I refuse for her to be painted as anything but the amazing girl. She was hashtag Makia Bryant. Bryant shared this video to her TikTok just hours before her death. We're joined now by Columbus Mayor uh, Andrew Ginther. Uh, uh, Mayor, you previously were with us uh, in a previous uh, shooting took place there in Columbus. Um, There there was a lot, a lot, a lot of confusion on that 911 phone call. Has it been established that it was Ms. Bryant who called 911 for assistance?
8: Well, Roland, uh, thank you for having me um, on such a tragic, tragic day here in the city. And, you know, not only am I the mayor here, I'm a father. And to have lost the dear life of a 16-year-old in our city is tragic and heartbreaking. Uh, But I appreciate you uh, having me on. We haven't been able to confirm that yet, and that won't be confirmed and validated until... An independent investigation uh, is conducted by the Bureau of Criminal Investigation and overseen by the state uh, that is conducting the investigation right now. So we don't know who the caller was uh, from that 911 call. Uh, There were two calls made. Uh, We heard the one, another one uh, came in, but uh, the caller hung up quickly after the police arrived on the scene.
6: And and so, so there are so many questions, obviously. Um, the, the, the scene where she was killed, was that her home?
8: Uh, I can't confirm that. I believe that she, uh, we were notified last night by Franklin County Children's Services that she was a foster child in placement. And I believe that that was uh, uh, where she resided as, as a foster child. Um, One of the things we've been really focused on here is, as you've already alluded to, is getting as much information out to the public as quickly as possible, really trying to make sure they're being transparent as possible. We had this body-worn camera footage out within hours of the incident. Today, we released more footage, uh, the 911 calls, and we're going to continue to share information with the public. I think in a, in a high-profile police-involved shooting like this, where a city and a community uh, is, is, is furious at the continued uh, death of African Americans at the hands of law enforcement, Uh, The last time I was with you was after Andre Hill was shot, an unarmed African-American in our community. We took swift action to terminate former officer Coy, and he's already been indicted and will be Uh, facing charges uh, in a court of law. Uh, We intend to have the same sort of swift action, making sure that we're being as transparent as possible, getting uh, footage out, getting these 911 calls uh, out, letting the Bureau of Criminal Investigation conduct this independent investigation, uh, which is new to our city. I signed an executive order last summer that any death in custody uh, inside the city of Columbus Um, or police-involved shooting had to be uh, investigated independently for the first time in our city's history, and we think that's an important part to transparency and accountability and independence.
6: Do you know if the uh, officer, um, do you know if he also had a taser?
8: All of our officers are outfitted with uh, multiple tools, and so Uh, I don't know if he had a taser on him at that moment. That's something that I think will be confirmed by the investigation, but uh, all of our officers, as you know, uh, in our previous conversation, body-worn cameras were my top priority when I was running for mayor back in 2015. And we implemented for the first time in the city's history body-worn cameras on all of our officers by the end of 2016. And in fact, after the death of Andre Hill, we are making a significant new investment to upgrade our body-worn camera technology because we believe that it helps with accountability on both sides of the camera. And it gives us the ability to be more transparent when things like this happen to get that footage out to the public so they can see actually what happened uh, on the scene. And so uh, all of the, the, the things, a lot of the questions you may have I know will be, uh, finalized and investigated fully uh, by BCI.
6: Because we saw in the video there, we saw where uh, Officer Reardon, um, after, first of all, he came up saying, Hey, what's going on? And after he fires the shots, he tells other folks around, She had a knife, she was going to stab the other girl. Uh, the moment I saw it, I began to, you know, again, I'm sitting here, lots of questions. Was this her home? Was Makia defending herself? To stand your ground, apply. And what really jumped out was, uh, again, coming to that scene. It's a chaotic scene. Uh, you know, a, a, a gun in the hands of a police officer, that is the most lethal of all weapons. Um, and and the first thing I thought of, why wasn't that taser fired? Uh, to, to take her down and then assess, okay, what's going on on this scene? Because, again, some people are on social media going, oh, she he saved the light of the girl in pink. Well, first of all, we don't know who she was. Was she, was she an aggressor? Was Bryant trying to defend herself? None of that was ascertained before those shots were fired in 22 seconds.
8: Well, and that's why this independent investigation is so important. You know, and, and so the BCI will be interviewing all of the witnesses. Uh, they'll be gathering evidence. They'll determine if there were any uh, you know, violations of both law and then uh, the division of police will look at if there were any violations of police policy and procedure as well. So there, you know, potential a uh, criminal review, review as well as policy and administrative review, uh, if this officer uh, did not comply uh, with you know both legal and policy guidance from the division of police and state law.
6: Um, have you communicated uh, with? the uh the mother uh the grandmother of uh Bryant.
8: uh our office has been in touch with her mother she was having difficulty um getting information about her daughter's body and we put her in contact last evening with a contact person at the county coroner's office uh and so uh, both the division of police and my office have been in touch with the family now
6: it it, it is um uh, it is you know the thing that I keep saying, uh, even after Derek Chauvin was found guilty, George Floyd was forty-six years old, can't be brought back. Uh, Makia Bryant, sixteen. I mean, lethal force. There's no flip out to death. That's it. And it is, um, it, it is, uh, it, it is shocking and stunning. Um, um,
8: you know, there's Roland. There's, uh, there's a sacred bond that law enforcement has with the community. Law enforcement isn't given their power by some supreme being, it's granted to them by the community. Police officers have exceptional power, power you and I don't have, the governor and the president doesn't have the ability to stop someone, to detain someone, to question someone, to take away their freedom and arrest someone, and ultimately to use force and potentially take an individual life. So with that great power comes great responsibility and oversight and accountability. And that's exactly what we're going to do in this circumstances we have in other uh, police-involved shootings. Independence, transparency, accountability.
6: Um, LeBron James uh, sent out a tweet uh, calling for accountability of the police officer involved here. Um, Since the, the previous shooting, you talked about body camera footage, you talked about policy and procedures um has there also been additional training additional review additional conversations with police officers in terms of how they handle situations along those lines uh, because again for me if a taser is fired if it brings her down hey taser's hurt but she's still living and so has so so w- what has been happening internally within the department with your police officers uh, in, in in dealing with this here?
8: There's been additional training around implicit bias, de-escalation, uh, and, and use of force uh, since uh, the last time I was with you. Uh, we have a new June police class that starts uh, in June. It will be the most diverse police class uh, because, as you know, it, it's part of the overall comprehensive reform we need a a division of police that reflects the beautiful diversity of this community and it doesn't it doesn't even come close right now and our goal and vision is to double the number of officers of color uh, on the division of police over the next 10 years so this june class there will be additional implicit bias training as well as de-escalation and community uh, engagement training uh, to make sure that our officers when they come out of the academy uh, uh, are able to serve and protect everybody in the community. And as you know, we are in the process of setting up a civilian review board for the first time in our city's history, uh, who will have an inspector general and subpoena power to be able to investigate and make recommendations for discipline for police misconduct. So it's part of our comprehensive effort uh, to reform uh, the division of police and go from a 20th century law enforcement organization to a 21st century community policing organization Uh, which requires us to make a major cultural shift. I'm also in the process right now of hiring the first external chief of police in our city's history. It will be somebody from outside the division of police, a transformational uh, leader that will help us change the culture of the Columbus Division of Police.
6: Um, Samuel Senyagwe, uh who is a data specialist staff at university, uh, he's worked with Campaign Zero. He sent this tweet out uh, at one thirty-four this morning. Columbus police have killed more than forty people since twenty thirteen. Black people were killed at five times a higher rate than white people. Data shows six percent of Columbus officers do fifty percent of all use of force. But when one finally gets fired, the police union contract mandated arbitrator reinstates them. Um, is that correct? Are you aware? Uh, is, it, is that the situation there in Columbus?
8: Yeah. yeah, I can't speak to all the statistics. I'd be happy to, to confirm or, or get uh, confirmation on those things. What I think is correct is the fact that we have a broken FOP contract. And uh, one of the things that we're working very hard on in this round of negotiations, and quite honestly, I started – uh, when uh, I became mayor, is to really get the, an FOP contract where the community uh, has influence uh, and has uh, an impact and input on discipline, oversight, and accountability. And that's why the Civilian Review Board is so important. Uh, but there are many issues that we need to change in the FOP contract. Because the FOP FOP contract as it currently stands is a major barrier uh, to reform, uh, you know, to dealing with issues like police misconduct, use of force. And I think the last part of that tweet is absolutely right. I have fired, the safety director has fired, uh, you know, officers who have used uh, unacceptable levels of force only to be reinstated uh, by a mediator. Uh, Absolutely unacceptable, you know, officers who have stomped suspects who were in custody laying down in the street, reinstated and given back pay. I mean, we have an entire system, uh, not just here, but in cities across the country that has to be addressed and fixed uh, because, uh, you know, quite honestly, uh, the people of this city and cities across America do not feel as if they uh, control and are in charge of their divisions of police.
6: Uh, Mayor, I hate to talk to you on these conditions, uh, but certainly we're going to be uh, continuing to cover this story. Uh, Prayers really go out to the Bryant family, uh, and it's just tragic that uh, uh, this honor roll student, 16 years old, has lost her life.
8: Well, I appreciate you having me. Please continue to lift the Bryant family up. We are as a community uh, and, you know, really trying to focus on where we go from here. How can we demand justice, reform and change but doing so in a peaceful way. And so, uh, thanks for the chance to come on and uh, look forward to talking more about our progress and success uh, the next time we're together.
6: Mayor Ginther, we really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Folks, today, hundreds of people occupied the Ohio Union to protest uh, the murder of Miss Bryant. Here's some of that video. Policeviolence.org released this graphic showing there have only been three days in 2021 where police in America did not kill someone. Just three days. Shocking and uh, stunning. I want to bring in my panel, A. Scott Bolden, former chair of National Bar Association, Political Action Committee, Monique Presley, legal analyst and crisis manager. Uh, Scott, I will uh, start with you. Uh, When we look at that video... Uh, As I said, from the moment the officer opens his door to the first shot that goes out, it's 22 seconds. Uh, I've had some lawyers already who said, tragic, he's not going to be prosecuted or indicted. He simply will get off. They will simply say that was a threat with the knife. What say you?
1: Yeah, uh, tough case, tragic case. I've got three daughters and a granddaughter, and uh, that video's hard to watch the problem is that these are split-second decisions with tragic consequences and there was a knife involved and the threat at least a perceived threat of uh, someone else being harmed but there's a broader issue here which is what upsets you and me and the community right not the split-second decisions but the fact is why is deadly force always the alternative with the police when it comes to black people Why is it zero to deadly force? If these were white uh, girls fighting with or without knives and what have you, deadly force would be the last resort, not the first resort. You see this over and over again. We've talked about this on this show over and over again. And be honest with you, I'm tired of having this conversation with you and your listening audience. It's about de-escalation. Where's your taser? Where's your police dog? We're something, right, versus killing black people. It's because they don't see us, right? When we when they come into the criminal complaint room as in the prosecutor's office, they call us perks and dogs and moat, whatever those are, right? They treat dogs better. They wouldn't pull a gun out on a dog, but they will pull a gun out in a heartbeat when it comes to black people and have no problem using it. And what did the police officers say after he shot her? Very callously, she was going after another person with a knife. He didn't apologize, he wasn't even emotional about it. He didn't, he, he, he had no remorse whatsoever because they don't see us as human beings. That's the implicit bias you gotta get through in all of these police departments around the country. And it's gonna take a lot of time.
6: Monique, how do you assess uh, looking at that particular video um, and people are calling for this officer to be indicted?
10: Well, at a minimum, um, he should be on something other than administrative leave. I do not disagree with anything that uh, my colleague and friend, Attorney Bolden, said, um, and I've had to make those arguments. Here is where I believe there are a number of specific distinctions that it is important for us to push out and for media at large to push out and for our community to understand when you are looking at what an officer subjectively will do in those circumstances. And there is a big difference between what an officer can do and what an officer should do. So. What is reasonable, what the reasonable officer would do under those circumstances is going to be judged based on what officers similarly situated would do. We don't have to guess about that here because there were other officers who were on the scene, who were on the scene before this guy shows up and 20 seconds later unloads on a teenage black girl. They didn't have their guns drawn. They didn't shoot. The other thing that you're gonna look at is, even if, because of the knife, in his failure to assess the situation properly, or in his quick, and I believe errant assessment of the situation, he decided that it was necessary to use force, and maybe he even calculated that there wasn't enough time for him to pull his taser and to be in close enough proximity to stop what he perceived as a threat to another person. What says to us is that there was a lack of concern for human life, as Scott just said. What says to us is that he was not using the minimal force necessary. He didn't shoot once. Boom, 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 boom. Right. For what? Why? No, it was not reasonable subjectively or objectively. And it was certainly not necessary. And when you compare it to all the videos that we have seen of white men, sound mind, not sound mind, drunk, sober, wielding guns, having Mm -hmm. knives, charging officers with their bodies, with cars, with machetes and living to tell about it. That's when I say no. So on the one hand, yep, I can make a cogent legal argument for why this officer could or could not be charged. But when you assess it through the lens of what it is necessary to do For this black girl to be human enough that his first instinct wasn't to unload his Glock on her, then we know, then we know that police officers are doing their jobs because he was not just responsible for his own safety. He was not just responsible of the safety of the other young girl who he perceived to be in danger. He was responsible for the safety of Micaiah Bryant. He, w- he had no idea what was happening on that scene. And so to show up and to come in like the Mighty Mighty Cowboy, hey, 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 hey. And then the next thing you do is you shoot. No, sir. It is un. Acceptable. I want,
6: I, I, I want I the will folks to not
10: say that it's acceptable. I
6: want the folks in the control room, I just want you to re cue the video. Um, and uh, folks, uh, I don't like having to show the video, uh, but very much like we did with the Kojima Powell case when he was shot and killed in St. Louis, it was 16 seconds. From the moment the police officers arrived and opened the door, it was 16 seconds before the first shots fired that killed Kojima Powell. And so, uh, be prepared to stop the video. So go ahead and play the video, please. Okay. Stop right there. Now, what you just heard, you heard him come to the scene and say, hey, what's going on, what's going on? You see the young lady in pink approach the officer. What you see there, please drop the lower third, please. Drop the lower third. Drop. Uh, okay, you see. Well, you, is, you can't see it well. You see right there. First of all, there it looks like a total of three police cars that are there. Two behind this officer. Play the video, please. Freeze. Now you saw um, where uh, Makia. Was charging with a young girl who was then on the ground and then went towards the young girl in the pink. You see these two adults, you two, 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 I guess it's two gentlemen who are standing right there. Okay? Press play. She goes down. You see, you see right there, you hear them. Freeze right uh, hold on. Don't don't freeze it yet. Freeze. Freeze. Right there. You see the officer on the left. Okay? He's coming up. And he has this look on his. On his face, like to the other officer, again, you can't know what a person is thinking, but the look is like, what the hell did you just do? Press play. He's like, now waiting. What are you doing? Freeze. Freeze. A second cop. So all of a sudden, you now have three police officers who are now there. He's still holding his gun as if she's a threat. Press play still holding gun still pointed at her still, he's saying
1: she just went at her
6: back up she had a knife she went at her stop you see it says a the woman there it's the man there he's talking to other people she had a knife she went at her again to monique's point he hasn't ascertained what's going on on the scene who's the aggressor press play gun is still drawn fourth cop comes from around the other side of the car his gun is drawn he now holsters his gun then cpr uh is being performed now i wish a lot of people out here would stop spreading all kind of crazy information there are people who have been stopped right there all right folks uh, if you back up just about two seconds I saw some people out here talking about it. she had a butcher knife. Y'all, that's not a butcher knife, okay? If you play it, that's not a butcher knife. What I need for people out there to do is stop throwing stuff out there that you know nothing about and making stuff up. That, folks, is not a butcher knife. At best, that's a steak knife. That's a difference. Scott and Monique, again, the reason I went through all of that, again, how I saw it, And yes, I am not the police officer. I'm not making a split decision. But if I'm coming to a scene that's chaotic, the 911 call told you was chaotic, and I'm coming up to the scene, and then if I see this, my taser is lethal, but it's less lethal than my gun firing four shots. This officer has only been on the force since December of 2019.
1: There it is. There it is.
10: Your your taser rookie. is is less lethal?
6: Let me just say this. Hold, hold one second. Scott DeMonique.
1: Let, let me just say this. The other point that you, you have not made is that when he comes up on the scene as a rookie, essentially, there are other police officers there, right? He doesn't even talk to them, nor when he draws his weapon, does he tell the assailant that he would ultimately shoot to drop the knife. He gives her no command whatsoever, right? To drop the knife. Hold, hold that right
6: there. Hold, hold that right there. Just hold that point right there. Cue the video up because I want. And again, folks, I, I am not. I don't want to have to see her being shot, but just like with Sandra Bland, just like with previous videos, we need to understand uh, exactly what took place. Okay, and I want you to, to turn the audio all the way up, and I want you to listen to the commands if the officer gives. And what he doesn't say to Miss Bryant. Yeah.
5: Hey. What's going on? Hey, what's going on? Hey, 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 hey. Get down, get down, get down, get
6: down. Freeze. Hey, hey, hey. Get down, Get down. get down, get down. Scott, at no point does he say, drop the knife. Right. And nothing. He yells, get down, which is really an instruction to the other
1: people. I'm about to shoot her. I need y'all to get out of the way. Or no one knows what that means when he just walks up on the scene. Get down, get down, get down. I, if it were me, I'd look at him like, what do you mean? Get down, get down. And remember, there are other police officers on the scene. Right. So for whatever reason, their guns aren't drawn. They're, they're trying to de-escalate. He walks up. He's escalating, right? All he does is see the knife, right? He sees these these girls fighting, and he draws his weapon. He goes from zero to deadly four, and that's what I mean. That that's what the problem is. You're not de-escalating, and you're going to be cowboy Jack on them, right? Again, if they weren't black, I'm sorry through the prism Monique says. You, you you if you're not black. You get the benefit of the doubt. If what? you're black, you get you get shot basically because you go from zero to deadly force.
6: Monique, there I I, I love seeing these people who say, "Oh, Roland, you're ignoring the fact that a knife was there." Let me remind all of you simpletons who didn't hear what I said. Right. The home was where Bryant lived. That means you are on your property. We don't know, we don't know, keep the shot and I'm gonna go to the second. We don't know who the aggressor was. We don't know who started what, who was defending. We know none of that. So with that being in mind, Do you go for your lethal weapon, your gun, or do you try to neutralize her with a taser? And here it is. That's his taser. Right there. The front of him. So if you're saying split second, I see a knife. I have no idea if she's defending herself. I already said, folks, that. Ohio has strengthened their stand your ground law. You know none of that. So I'm a shoot now, figure everything else out later. Money, that is what is troubling and why people are saying why did you have to resort to lethal force? Go ahead. Yeah.
10: There are at least from my looking at it about 30 independent troubling things uh, that mean that there could have been and should have been a different result. Uh, So even when you're looking at the other officers, it's very plain from the angle that two of them came from, which were closer to the action of the incident than this officer, that they were assessing the same scene and did not believe it necessary to unholster weapons, to discharge weapons, to even give commands, because you don't hear them saying anything, and they are they are they are in seconds away. They're split seconds, especially the ones that are coming from the left and coming immediately behind from the right of the officer who took the shots. Then. Um, Though we're slowing it down and looking at it, the important thing about what the video looks like in its totality running in real time is not just that the officer has to make split-second decisions. It's that the officer doesn't have all the time we have To even assess the way we look at the actions of Ma'kiah Bryant and think that she was turning and then about to do something to injure the young woman in pink, that's not necessarily the way that it could have looked from all the angles. When I see it immediately before the shooting, it looks like the young girl who's in pink was filming. I have no idea whether she was even really involved in the action that took place. I don't know if she was one of the disruptors or if she was an observer or if she's one of the people who called the police or if she even knew any of the people who were there. There's no way for us to know that because the action involving Micaiah had to do with the the woman who she was, it looked like chasing off of her property who she came out behind from toward the door and came forward toward the lawn. And by the way, the other brother, the brother who was in the scene, was kicking the woman who was on the ground. That said to me that we missed a lot of action and that the young woman who was on the ground was the aggressor in that action because that's who they were trying to run off. It's not like uh, there's no circumstance to the extent that the place we were looking at was where Micaiah Bryant was placed in foster care. She didn't go anywhere looking for this fight. So if yeah. she took the 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 steak knife from the kitchen in order to defend herself um, and the officers we know got a call about something that involved a knife, it's just, Roland, there are problems from start to finish. Indeed. And the only way yeah. that these officers end up properly charged is if it is seen through the lens where... Black girls are not black women, and black girls, black people are humans, equal to other humans, deserving every opportunity to live. And for those who are saying, but there was a knife, but there was a knife, but the other girl, but there was a knife, again, you are supposed to secure an entire right. scene and keep everybody possible that you can safe in the scene. And, and, and hello, hold on. I I know we're used to to them being a, being able to shoot us if we have a weapon, but that's not what the law says. Right, you're supposed real, other, to be able actually, to actually do I, wrong and still live. Scott,
6: hold on one second. I want to bring in Columbus community activist Jasmine Ayers, uh, who joins us right now, and Kyle Strickland, attorney and Columbus a Police Civilian Review Board member. Uh, there, we also have uh, Columbus City Council member uh, Shayla Favor. Uh Folks, glad to have you here. Um... Let me first start with Kyle. Uh, Kyle, you there?
11: Yep, I'm here. Okay,
6: Thanks for having me. so so Kyle, so tell us, you're the civilian review board. What role do y'all play in cases like this?
11: Of course. So this is uh, you know Columbus's first civilian review board is being officially established um, right now, and we have yet to be officially seated. Um, And so the fact that this is happening right now, uh, this likely we'll we'll see uh, this likely will be a case that uh, could come before the civilian review board. But all those uh, factors haven't been determined yet. But it just highlights the importance of why we need uh, extra independence and also why that alone is not going to be enough because uh, it is retroactive. Uh, we need to be also talking about proactive steps that are taken so that steps aren't meet, uh, taken to try to justify any sort of incident where we see loss of life like this at the hands of police.
6: Um, Shayla, uh, what role will the city council play here? Because yeah, the, the questions that we are raising uh, are the questions that I have been seeing all night that people are asking. Uh, yes, split second decision, 22 seconds. But at the end of the day, somebody's dead.
12: Right. Um, let me first uh, set the, the scene and extend my condolences to the, the family of Miss Bryant. Uh, you know, the role that Columbus uh, City Council would play, uh, we acted very swiftly after the murder of George Floyd, uh, launching our Reimagining Safety uh, public initiative, uh, where we promoted uh, alternative crisis responses and violence prevention, uh, very quickly enacted um, legislation around no-knock warrants and uh, prohibiting hate group affiliation, demilitarizing our police. But what we're seeing uh, tonight, what that video demonstrates to me, that we must, we must elevate our alternative crisis response system in Columbus. Right now, we have a mobile crisis response team uh, where an officer is paired with a mental health specialist. It's imperative that we scale that model Uh, in order to make it uh, more accessible to our residents. Um, I keep thinking about the fact that our crisis intervention specialists, our community-based intervention specialists, our our administrators, our teachers, they are trained in de-escalation. And thinking about the fact that she was a child And what we keep seeing over and over again is the adultification of Black girls. That means that Black girls are punished more harshly and more frequently. We're not extended the grace of adolescence or the benefit of the doubt. And my God, if the benefit of the doubt would have been there last night, she'd still be here with us today. And so what you can expect from me is to continue to talk about and to ask that we elevate our mobile crisis response system and that we ensure that all officers are crisis intervention trained. We have to find better ways. We have to find better ways, more meaningful ways to reduce these number of dangerous interactions between residents and law enforcement. We can't keep... We can't keep being in this situation. We're still grappling with the the deaths of Casey Goodson Jr. and Andre Hill, both at the the hands of law enforcement just this past December.
6: Shayla, the questions that we are raising, is that what activists, is that what people in Columbus are also asking? Uh, There seems to be more questions than answers. I'm
12: sorry. Sorry,
6: I missed the, the first part. Of the I'm part. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I meant, actually I meant it for uh, my bad there. I, I wanted to bring in Jasmine. Jasmine, uh, is that what uh, is that what uh, folks are asking? That, that there seems to be more questions right now than answers.
13: Um. So I think the the mobile crisis unit is one piece of a larger puzzle. Um, I think at this point we have had decades of patterns and practices of racist and violent policing. And I think the Department of Justice needs to come in and I would greatly appreciate our leadership making that phone call. Uh, The other thing that we need to discuss is that before people, the, the hiring process is under the purview of the mayor and the city of Columbus. So we are hiring racist police officers, right? And so yes, we need to have a mechanism to punish them afterwards. And yes, we need to support officers that come in with training. Uh, But we're hiring bad apples to begin with. And I would like to see our mayor, I know our council has been working on some things, but our mayor oversees the Civil Service Commission. And I would like to see him step up and make some changes because it is very clear to me that we are hiring racist cops and cops that aren't prepared for these situations in the first place i mean there are just so many iterations of things that could have happened that could have de-escalated this situation and it was very clear that this young man had absolutely no idea what he was doing and when you're not intimately connected to community the state of ohio told people that you can no longer mandate hiring from a neighborhood or from a city and so now these officers some of them live, live two counties away and so you don't care about people the same way when you don't live by them. Uh, and so we have some state-level policy changes that need to be made. But overall, I think we've done, we've, we've seen what can and cannot happen. And I believe that the city of Columbus needs to call the Department of Justice.
6: Um, a number of people have been saying this, Kyle. What are you talking about, Roland? That officer saved another life. The officer says in the video that she had a knife and was going after the other, the other young girl. But what I keep arguing is we don't know, first of all, who was that other young girl? Was she an aggressor? Did she come on Bryant's property? Was she one of the antagonists that led to her calling the cops?
11: So... First of all, Roland, to your point here is exactly right, which is, you know, people sit here and say, well, we have to wait for all the facts. And of course, yeah, we're going to wait for the facts. We'll we'll let situations play out. But don't also then simultaneously make your own narrative of what occurred and what happened. And what we are already seeing right now is the justification of what occurred. And without having all of the facts. And so what I think people need to do is take a step back and understand that a family needs to grieve. And we also need to demand accountability, a full investigation that is underway. But we cannot lose sight of the context in which this is happening. Black people get killed by police. Then they're having to defend their own humanity and they're blamed for their deaths. Period. Point blank. That happens every time. We saw it time and time again. We saw it with George Floyd, and we're going to continue to see it. And so let's not act like it's neutral just to step back and then to wait for all the facts. We also have to be honest about what's happening in America, and that means reckoning with these issues. And she was seen as a threat as a black woman in this country.
6: The thing that jumps out here to me, um, uh, Shayla, is, is this... And I keep saying it, folks. There's no flip side to death.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: Okay, if you're shot in the leg, you got a leg wound. If you hit with a taser, hey, you're stunned and you're dazed, but you're not dead.
12: You know, I um, I believe I heard a family member say last night that Makaya wasn't perfect, that she had her problems but she didn't deserve this. I think it was her aunt. Um, And that statement broke my heart because what child at age 16 is perfect? But black kids, brown kids, they don't have the ability to make mistakes, right? Or to go with the wrong crowd or just to do something stupid like we've all done at age 16. Because it's the difference between life and death, literally for Black and brown children. We saw it last week in Chicago with the killing of Adam Toledo, and now here in Columbus. And so my initial thoughts is I'm I'm watching this, and now having seen the other two body camera videos that were released today, the taser was right on his belt. Why shoot? to kill. You can assess the situation and, and recognize that this these are teens, right? And so shooting center mass four times, right? There's a difference between one shot and four shots and a shot to the chest and a shot to the leg or a taser. That's what I mean when I've been saying all day, there was another way. And I refuse to go back and forth with people today that keep wanting to say, but the knife, but the knife. My response is, but her life. We saw Kyle Rittenhouse, what, 17 years old, cross state lines, armed with an AK rifle? kill two people, walk past law enforcement and still be taken alive and then can await his trial is currently awaiting his trial. What about Dylan Roof? But for kids like Trayvon, for for now, Micaiah, we don't get the same grace. My heart is just absolutely broken tonight.
6: It is uh, certainly uh, sad. Jasmine, your final comment.
13: I appreciate that. Um, Again, I would just like to send my condolences to the family. Um, But what I would say is that black people are never allowed to have a weapon. They're never allowed to defend themselves uh, and they're never given the benefit of the doubt. And we see it time and time again. Uh, Like you mentioned earlier, we just passed the Stand Your Ground law. You do not have a duty to retreat. This young woman was clearly in distress and had clearly called for help and was defending herself. Uh, and I just, I, I hope, uh, that our local elected officials will take action. Uh, but we have not seen anything significant and we are immensely hampered by the FOP and the police contract. And so again, uh, I think the only way that we're going to see substantive change in the city of Columbus is that the department of justice, justice comes to investigate.
6: Jasmine Ayers, Kyle Strickland and Shayla. Favors, I appreciate it. Thank you so very much
11: for joining us. Thank you. Thanks so much.
6: Um, real quick to Scott Bolden, Monique Presley, and Robert Patillo, who joins us right now. What about that? We saw today uh, Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, announced the DOJ is going to do uh, a, uh, an examination of the Minneapolis Police Department. We told you what happened right here in Columbus. 40 people shot since 2013. What about what um, she just said? Should there be um, an examination? Should Columbus, Ohio be saying to the Department of Justice, please come in to investigate our department?
1: With 40 deaths, absolutely. In fact, I think we got too many police departments in the country. If you looked at the number, it's like in the thousands, right? And the amount of money we give to them to militarize their police, whether it's a large community or small they all need to go on to review, I'll be honest with you, because it's going to take time to clean this up. You know, back to this shooting in uh, of this young girl, the, the witness that was there after he shot him, he said, he said, what did you do that for? She's a child. You killed her? And what were the other police officers doing, the ones that were there already? Their guns weren't drawn either, Roland. They were kind of standing there and trying to assess the situation. There was a lot of arguing going on and then the fire the 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 shooter came in gun and badge and 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 shot this young woman so yes they ought to be reviewed in columbus and every other jurisdiction as well do a complete review of all of them and shut down some of these police departments because we got way too many of them.
3: it's time to be smart when we control our institutions we win This is the most important news show on television of any racial background. Y'all put two, three, four, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty dollars on this and keep this going. What you've done, Roland, since this crisis came out in full bloom. Anybody watching this, tell your friends, go back and look at the last two weeks, especially of Roland Martin Unfiltered. I mean, hell, go back and look at the last two days. You've had sitting united states senators today klobuchar and harris whatever you have that you have you can bring to roland martin unfiltered to support it please do because this information may literally save your life watch roland martin unfiltered daily
6: at 6 p.m eastern on youtube facebook or periscope or go to rolandmartinunfiltered.com Support the Roland Martin Unfiltered Daily Digital Show by going to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans, distributing 50 bucks each. For the whole year, you can make this possible. RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. In Georgia, clergy from across the state, they have initiated a boycott against Home Depot. The group says the company has yet to speak out publicly against voter suppression laws passed by the Georgia legislature and signed into law by Governor Brian Kemp. Pastors also say Home Depot has refused to meet with them to discuss the issue and their demands. Home Depot did release a statement that says, quote, okay guys, thank you, you gotta pull a statement up, thank you. We believe that all elections should be accessible, fair and secure and support broad voter participation. We'll continue to work to ensure our associates, both in Georgia and across the country, have the information and resources to vote. Joining me now is the pastor of Transforming Faith Church and former CEO of DeKalb County, uh, Lee May, uh, who's with us. Also, Dr. Kendra king uh, Moman, interim provost and vice president for academic affairs, Oglethorpe University. All right. Certainly glad to have both of you on. So you have that statement there. Clearly, uh, Pastor uh, made that is not enough.
2: Absolutely not enough, man. That's milk toast, lukewarm at its best, and uh, that's trying to play both sides of the fence. And and you know, we have a faith. We say, look, we want you to be hot or cold. Just just show us what side you're on. And by their silence and even tacit support. They're really showing us where they are, and uh, I guess the um, the disrespectful part of this is that they even refuse to have a conversation, to to meet with us, to to understand what our perspective really is, and that's just unsatisfactory. And so we launched this boycott um, just the other day, uh, directed towards them. We support those who support us, and uh, we're going to make our dollars um, talk for us, and speak for us, and speak for those we support and those we don't support.
6: Well, Dr. Kendra, first off, um, has Lowe's taken a position? And so if they have, are you directing African-Americans and those who want to support this boycott to go shop at Lowe's as opposed to Home Depot?
14: I think we should... Think our dollars everywhere that count, um, and that's just not for the African-American community. Um, I think one of the things that Pastor Lee talked about are allies. And I, so I think for anyone who says they're an ally of the cause, then put your dollars where people and corporations are supporting the cause.
6: Um, one of the things, uh, Pastor May, uh, in reading uh, about Operation Breadbasket, uh, Martin Depp's book. Uh, they laid out a strategy in terms of how they did that. And so what exactly is your strategy? You call for the boycott, but what's the plan? Uh, you know, what are you doing? Are you going to be launching uh, picket lines uh, at various Home Depots across Georgia? What's what was what exactly how are you going to execute this boycott?
2: Well, the reality is um, we represent at our um, at our press conference the other day, we had a litany of pastors, Uh, standing there with us, but we represent over a thousand churches in Georgia. The Bishop of the AME Church here in Georgia, Bishop Reginald Jackson, has really been the initiator, um, the catalyst uh, for this. The AME Church is here. Bishop uh, Thomas Brown of the CME Church, um, and we have so many others. Um, The State Bishop for the Full Gospel Fellowship Baptist um, Fellowship is a part of it as well, and we are continuing to Spread through our congregations. Look, we're not going to spend money there, and it starts there. It it starts there. We have different phases that we're looking to. Uh, you know, we're, we're 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 going to be rolling out here soon. You know, uh, various aspects, contractors. You know, businesses who who have you know uh, who who shop at Home Depot as a part of their business. We're going to ask them to begin a transition away. Local municipalities, as you mentioned, I was a former CEO of DeKalb County, Uh, I know that DeKalb County and other counties and cities all across the state have um, uh, POs, procurement, uh, that they do with Home Depot as well. So we're going to be rolling out um, strategically over the next coming weeks uh, uh, how people can participate. Uh, But it really just starts with our members uh, asking them not to support Home Depot with their dollars. And we're not pointing them to...
6: Oh, go ahead. But 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 the, but the reason but the reason I'm specifically asking that uh, is because again when I studied Dr. King and Reverend Jackson yeah. and Operation Breadbasket, successful boycotts happen because they are properly organized. They're not Absolutely. disorganized. And so Absolutely. if you're if if you're if you're a, a, a black-owned construction company, if you are uh, someone along those lines, uh, you you're gonna go to first of all you got to go to a place that has supplies. And so if I'm That's looking true. at Home Depot. Lowe's is that one of their biggest competitors. So what I'm asking is so knowing that what I'm saying is, do you know if Lowe's has taken a position uh, on in Georgia? And if so, are you then saying, hey, folks, if you have construction needs, don't go to Home Depot. We're boycotting them. Go over here. And if I'm African-American. And I rode to a Home Depot. How do I even know there's a boycott? Am I going to see people? Are you going to be? That's what what I'm saying. So I want to understand the mechanics of the boycott.
2: Absolutely. And that's that's a good question. So, number one, you asked a few questions there. So, we're not pointing people to Lowe's. We started with companies here in Georgia who have headquarters or a major, major presence here as well in terms of our conversations, we're not pointing them to a competitor because as you stated, uh, if we've not sat down with them and, and and considered their stances as well, they may not be better than, than, than Home Depot. Uh, but what we are telling people is to um, refrain from going to Home Depot. Uh, if you're a small business, I mean, they're small. Um, uh, uh, small businesses um, that that you can go to 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 be a part of it. There's other op- uh, options as well that are not Home Depot. The me- mechanics will continue to be fluid. Let's be clear. This was this boycott was called, um, and I'm a part of a group of pastors that called it, and 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 then we'll continue to lay out what what that looks like in terms of how we're communicating with them through social media. Um, through our local, our, our particular websites with our churches, our social media um, pages as well, our email databases, and, and 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 as well to just let people know um, that we are for now we are reframing from shopping with them until. See, we're asking Home Depot some specific things. So this this um, boycott isn't intended to go on forever and ever. They can come to the table and sit down and have a conversation with us. And we have four points that we're asking them to. Number one, we're asking them to to come out publicly in opposition to Senate Bill 202. That's the bill here in Georgia. Number two, we're asking them to come out in opposition of other bills around the country that are uh, similar in nature to uh, Senate Bill 202, which are suppressing the vote of Black and brown uh, people. Texas, for example, I pulled up their bill um, that they're going through right now. And it's almost identical to the Georgia bill. We're asking them, number three, to support federal legislation that expands access to the, ballot back, to the ballot box and provides restrictions for those who seek to suppress the vote, like what you're seeing here and around the country. And then number four, finally, we're asking them to uh, to support litigation that will oppose these measures these measures that have been brought forward here in Georgia, and then ultimately if others are successful around the country, so those four things we 're intentionally telling them these are the four things that we want, but let 's sit down and have a conversation because what we want from these corporations we want them to put their government relations muscles in place. They're lobbyists. They all have lobbyists, internal and external, that they can do real work to oppose these measures and support those measures that will uh, expand access to the ballot
6: box. Dr. Kendra, uh, obviously, uh, again, in order for it to be effective, uh, I think about what Dr. King said on April 3rd, 1968, we must redistribute the pain. Uh, and so uh, that has to be clear. It has to be decisive. Uh, and so speak to that again, uh, the importance of, organizing, and how are you also driving the messaging? How are you getting the word out? Because you have folks like Stacey Abrams who've said, no, we don't want companies boycotted. you got people who are following her. You've got the, all the brouhaha over the All-Star Game. And so uh, how do you deal with communicating uh, to these congregations when you have conflicting messages coming from black leaders in Georgia?
14: Well, I think, Roland, that speaks to some of the issue here, right, Um, in in terms of just that there are myriad voices that represent the African-American community. And so if we go back to Dr. King, if we go back to Operation Breadbasket, if we even go back to what Mayor Hartsfield said in 1960, that Atlanta was a city too busy to hate, what we're seeing now in 2021 is that Atlanta, the state of Georgia, may have been the city, the state too busy to hate, but they're no longer exercising that. So I think people have to be clear um, again, when we look at this Senate Bill 202, for me the issue that the issue is that it's supposed to be an election integrity bill, but there are lapses of integrity in this bill, which has caused for the bo- boycott. So, for me, if I was a part of this clergy coalition, which I am not, I would say let's focus on the local issue before we expand out. Let's get a win there. Let's bring the Home Depot to the table and ask for some clear resolution, some clear, um, if you will, negotiating strategy around the, this initiative for the state of Georgia, then branch out there. I think the challenge, what makes this tricky, and Ryan Kubler said this, that they're not going to uh, boycott Georgia in filming Black Panther 2 because it will hurt the very people that this bill is targeted against as well. So so I think that, um, again, I respect what what Pastor May is doing and those who are part of that. I'm a pastor as well. um, And so I I have no bones about that. But I think from a strategy perspective, um, we have to start with the fact that all politics at the end of the day are local. That's where the greatest amount of change is going to happen. And again, when you look at this bill, when you look at why it emerged, this bill was reactionary because of the misinformation and the nomenclature that the state of Georgia was... Stolen and stolen by quote unquote Stacey Abrams leadership, which is just fundamentally not true. And so I think one of my biggest concerns about this boycott and even about this particular bill that was passed for the unaware voter, for the unaware contractor, for the unaware clergy person, they may not know where to go precisely to get their information.
6: So, um, so, Pastor Bay, you said something you said, this is not intended to go on for forever. What what, what Home Depot says, we're not changing our position. The things that you want us to do, we're not going to do. What are you going to do?
2: Well, again, uh, they're the deciding factor of that. And I'll give you a good example. You know, initially there were conversations about Coca-Cola and Delta. Uh, They initially, they immediately reached out after the public communication was that there was a plan or desire to possibly boycott there. Had a conversation, and it's something about you know sitting down in a room to have a conversation about what's going on. You, you, it never fails. You'll figure out that there are some some commonalities there, some some things that you can discuss that can bring you on to the same page as well. But Home Depot just refuses to even have the conversation, and it appears that they're following the political lead of the governor. While we were having our protest, um, our our press conference, rather, um, the governor tweeted out. Um, that the, uh, the the left-leaning uh, Democrats will do anything to, to get their uh, candidates elected. And, and my response to that was the governor just doesn't get it. And clearly Home Depot doesn't get it either. For us, this is an initiative that is led by pastors, right? Not politicians, not political uh, parties or anything like that. These are pastors. We're all pastors at our press conference. Only pastors spoke. Uh, in terms of prepared statements and all of that. If you want to be an ally and come along, that's great. But this is a position that we're taking. We believe it's the right way. And there's going to be a myriad of of thoughts about it and people who agree or don't agree uh, as well on both sides of that. We get it. We're not trying to force anyone. We're not even saying we're the absolute right way. It's the way that we're going, though. It's the way that these pastors, over a thousand churches, and my response to those who say, don't do this, then my, resp- my response to them actually is, well, what is the solution? And and if, if they have a solution that they're going down that route, um, fine. In Georgia, Senate Bill 202 is passed. It's law. It's been signed by the governor. He, he signed it in an unprecedented fashion immediately, the day after. You never do that. And then, of course, we saw the picture that was painted uh, above him with, with the room full of white men. So it said to us, clearly and oh, let's be clear we tried to meet with the governor the speaker of the house the lieutenant governor the senate majority leader prior to the bill they didn't want to meet we met with one individual the senate majority leader about it and uh no, no one else even wanted to have the conversation and so if you're not even going to talk to us home depot then then this has to be our response where we're concerned and the mechanics of it i hear you rolling you're right. The Mechanics of it have to really be laid out and be strategic about that. That's not rocket science. It's just getting us all on the same page. Absolutely. And and we're rolling. We're, we're, we're operating through that and, and taking it phase by phase, you know, in that. That will come. But that is our that is our solution uh, for this right now. Stacy Abrams, again, everyone has their kind of own agendas to a degree. All of our agendas, I believe, uh, at least, that names that we've been talking about, is to to, to, to make sure that we have free and unfettered access to the ballot box and suppressive Jim Crow kind of taxes, tactics that's been passed, uh, we can't stand for that. I think we agree with that. But we might have some differences on how you get to the other side of that, and that's fine. Um, but we are coming together as a coalition of pastors representing a whole lot of people and a whole lot of churches to get this
6: done. Kendra, final word.
14: Yeah, listen, let's be clear. This is sectarian politics at its best in terms of uh, Senate Bill 202, right? Um, There's discrimination. And here's the thing, while the entire bill is not discriminatory, if some of the bill is discriminatory, it is harming people. So there is work to be done in the state of Georgia. Um, From the picture of the bill signing to the uh, elected official that was arrested, we know that there's a division in this state. For me, my focus is how do we heal the divide and who do we work with, allies on both sides of the aisle, to make that a possibility. So that's what my hope is as we move forward.
6: All right, then. Well, I certainly appreciate both of you for being with us. Thank you so very much. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. All right, folks. Yesterday, yesterday, of course, we covered this. Convicted murderer Derek Chauvin. Uh, let's stop. I need you to fix the prompter. So Keenan will have to edit this. And so here's what we're going to do. Let's fix the, fix the prompter. Uh, we're going to go through some of the other elements uh, of the script. Uh, so just get, let's just follow me up with that just keep just keep rolling anthony
5: okay do 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 do
6: Uh uh-huh here we go my god y'all gotta get this script straight chauvin is the second story at the columbus not this north carolina story so why you got north carolina story and i am i still making sense Chauvin let's go all right here we go um three two one yesterday we saw a former cop derek chauvin who killed George Floyd uh, escorted out of the courtroom uh, in handcuffs. Well, this is his new photo. This is his mug shot uh, right here. It was released uh, today. Of course, uh, he is at the Minnesota Correctional Facility, Oak Park Heights, uh, in solitary confinement because obviously he is a police officer for his safety. He'll be there until his June sentencing. Now, while prosecutors are pushing for the maximum sentence Chauvin's time in prison, Will would depend on several factors, including the fact that he has no prior criminal record. So we'll see exactly what's happened, uh, going to happen there. Now, remember, the three other officers are still facing charges aiding and abetting second-degree murder and aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter uh, in the death of George Floyd. Their trial for those three officers will take place uh, in August. As we said earlier, the Justice Department, they are launching a civil rights investigation into the Minneapolis Police Department. Uh, Chief Madaria Arredondo says he welcomes the investigation and pledges his department's full cooperation. Attorney General Merrick Garland says the investigation will look at all of the police department's processes and
15: procedures. Yesterday's verdict in the state criminal trial does not address potentially systemic policing issues in Minneapolis. Today, I am announcing that the Justice Department has opened a civil investigation to determine whether the Minneapolis Police Department engages in a pattern or practice of unconstitutional or unlawful policing. The new civil investigation is separate from and independent of the federal criminal investigation into the death of George Floyd that the Justice Department has previously announced. The investigation I am announcing today will assess whether the Minneapolis Police Department engages in a pattern or practice of using excessive force, including during protests. The investigation will also assess whether the MPD engages in discriminatory conduct and whether its treatment of those with behavioral health disabilities is unlawful. It will include a comprehensive review of the Minneapolis Police Department's policies, training, supervision, and use of force investigations. It will assess the effectiveness of the MPD's current systems of accountability, and whether other mechanisms are needed to ensure constitutional and lawful policing. If the Justice Department concludes that there is reasonable cause to believe there is a pattern or practice of unconstitutional or unlawful policing, we will issue a public report of our conclusions. The Justice Department also has the authority to bring a civil lawsuit asking a federal court to provide injunctive relief that orders the MPD to change its policies and practices to avoid further violations. The Department of Justice will be unwavering in its pursuit of equal justice under law. The challenges we face are deeply woven into our history. They did not arise today or last year. Building trust between community and law enforcement will take time and effort by all of us. But we undertake this task with determination and urgency, knowing that change cannot wait. Folks in Louisiana,
6: a white school bus driver no longer has a job after making a racially insensitive comment about George Floyd to a black student boarding the bus. The incident took place a couple of weeks ago. The student told his mother the bus driver scolded him after his face mask fell below his nose. The student said that he was out of breath from trying to catch the bus. The white bus driver admitted she told the student since George Floyd, that's what you all say, but I don't see a knee on your neck. As soon as, as it reached school superintendent, Doris Vaudier, she quickly, quickly announced the driver would no longer work for St. Bernard Parish School District. Some folks, y'all, just don't get it. Uh, it wouldn't be wise for you to be cracking jokes uh, to black students uh, in using George Floyd. Just saying uh, that's not smart at all. But then again, bigots have really never been too damn smart. All right, folks, uh, let's go to North Carolina, where another African-American is dead, shot and killed by Elizabeth City police this morning while officers tried to serve him a search warrant. Andrew Brown was driving away from officers when they shot him. The city council has called an emergency meeting to discuss the incident. Keith Rivers, who is president of the uh, NAACP there, is demanding the immediate release of the body cam footage. It is not yet clear. If a video of the incident exists, we certainly will keep you uh, updated with details uh, when they emerge uh, in this case. And so, again, uh, just so unfortunate. Another one of these shootings, which we talked about, of course, earlier, uh, only three days uh, in the last month where we've actually seen no shootings whatsoever. All right, folks, in Louisville, a Kentucky Metro police officer was repeatedly seen punching a protester in the head. While he laid face down on the ground. In the now viral video, several officers are seen arresting uh, Denover D. Garrett during a police brutality protest that took place on Sunday afternoon. While placing him in handcuffs, officers force him to the ground and one of them begins punching him.
5: Watch
3: her. Yeah, Charlie,
5: uh, That's stop! Bring your hands Okay, but if I'm car, I'm gonna. stop fucking hitting bitch! Stop resisting. it hey. stop now. now. Him. Put, you your him. Him. Put your hands behind your back! Put your hands behind your back! Stop Put your hands behind stop your back! Him. I'm gonna stop push the push the you him. Stop, stop him!
7: The I got it on camera.
5: Stop Stop him! I
10: got it on camera. He huh? like fucking broke
5: his glasses. On the Why did on
6: the glass? And a rare citation stated Garrett was causing a disturbance in the middle of the street for about 30 minutes before his arrest. It also stated he resisted the officer's movements to put his hands together close enough to put handcuffs on. The bystander who recorded the video said she watched the arrest and did not see Garrett resisting police officers. Garrett was charged with disorderly conduct and resisting arrest. Folks, a heated exchange between Florida Democratic Congresswoman Representative Val Demings and Ohio Republican Congressman Jim Jordan took place on Tuesday during a House hearing. Jordan attempted to interrupt Demings as she spoke about law enforcement during a debate over the COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act. The act aims to combat the surge in offenses against Asian Americans since the pandemic broke out. Demons was speaking out against an amendment Republicans had introduced to stop any defunding of the police, even though the bill legislation does not seek to do so. Watch the fireworks.
7: Mr. Chairman, I want to make it quite clear that this amendment is completely irrelevant. I served as a law enforcement officer for 27 years. It is a tough job. And good police officers deserve your support. You know, it's interesting to see my colleagues on the other side of the aisle support the police when it is politically convenient to do so. Law enforcement officers risk their lives every day they deserve better, and the American people deserve... I have the floor, Mr. Jordan. The lady what? Has the did I strike the general, a nerve? The general, the law enforcement the general, officers the deserve lady, better than to be the utilized general, as pawns. And you and your colleagues are ashamed will su- the
9: lady, of yourself. The, the gentlelady will suspend, and the clock will be stopped. I want to admonish member. I want to admonish members... They must not interrupt someone who has the time. Mr. Chairman, can you I You simply can't shout out. If you think that someone is saying I, I agree. If you, Mr. Jordan, I, you I, don't you know what the heck you're, you're talking about. You know nothing do. about what law enforcement... I officers know about my motive. Do,
7: and you're using them as pawns because it serves a ridiculous political... Everyone, now,
9: now, everyone must suspend. I am making the point. No one may shout out when someone else has the time. Not Mr. Gomert. Question, Mr. Chairman. Not Mr. Jordan. Nobody. Not Mr. Cicilline. Not Mr. Ms. Dem- not Mr. didn't do that. But nobody <laughs> Not Mr. Jordan. Not. Yeah, not, Miss, no, not Mr. Nobody. Okay, nobody. I agree with that. But then I have a how do we? Everybody. I have a question. I will simply. There is no I got question. The same question. Nobody may shout out. When you give you see, a speech, Mr. Chairman, about made,
11: motives and questioning motives, and then
9: our motives are questioned,
7: how do we address that? The rules because allow a
9: request of words I have can be
7: live and die, and you know nothing about that, and right. to utilize them as political Chairman,
9: funds, I have a point of inquiry. people Chairman, who I have, I have a point of inquiry. To the chair. Mr. The Chairman, do, the rules do not permit shouting out when someone else has the time. The only thing you may do when someone else has the time is you may raise a point of order if you think it uh uh proper and we will and the chair will then rule on the point of p- order, order mr chairman the, the, uh, the general state is point of order so
11: you gave us a lecture on on people questioning our motives when someone questions our motives how do we address it when they're in the act of that is questioning not our a motives?
9: point of order yes it is that is not a point mr. of chairman, order. mr chairman may i continue please yeah, That is not a point of order Ms. Deming says the time And the clock will resume. General, ladies Mr.
7: Chairman, I'm glad to hear that my colleagues on the other side of the aisle are on the side of law enforcement now. Because I don't know where my colleagues on the other side of the aisle have been over the last four years, including on January 6th, when police officers who protect us every day were fighting for their lives because of the big lie that was told. And my colleagues on the other side of the aisle were silent as one person after another person took the microphone and said, go down there and engage in combat, fight like hell. They used the bicycle racks as deadly missiles against the law enforcement officers that you all say you care about so much. And thank you, Mr. Cicilline, because you're absolutely right. The only person who voted to support local governments and pass legislation to support local governments that includes law enforcement, were the Democratic members on this side of the aisle. But now today, you support law enforcement. Well, that's... I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to know that. But don't support them when it's politically convenient for you to do so. Support them when they're under attack by people fighting them and spraying them and knocking them to the ground and beating them with poles, but exactly. carrying the American flags and pipes.
6: Unbelievable.
7: Mr. Chairman, I thank you and I yield back.
6: Oh my goodness. Jim Jordan, that's a grown black woman right there. You might want to leave her alone. All right, folks, let's go to Iowa, where a black man was shot in the neck by a city of, of Rapids Police Officers. He's getting an eight million dollar settlement largest amount for police misconduct case in Iowa history. In 2016, Jereen Mitchell got into a scuffle with an officer during a traffic stop. The shooting left Mitchell paralyzed from the neck down. A grand jury declined to charge the officer in the case, but the police department has fired the officer as part of the settlement. The settlement still needs to be approved by the city council. Well, it's kind of important. <coughs> All right, folks, let's go to South Carolina, where a judge denies the motion to toss out a 20-year sentence to a convicted police officer who shot a black man in the back. Michael Slager, a former North Charleston police officer, pled guilty to murdering Walter Scott during a traffic stop in 2017. In his motion, Slager claimed he had ineffective counsel. In the judge's written decision, he said Slager attempted to blame the victim, and now he wants to blame his defense team and the trial judge. But Slager has no one to blame for his present predicament but himself. Slager is the architect of his own demise. You might remember in that particular case, uh, there was a hung jury and then he pled guilty to civil rights violations of Walter Scott. In the United States Senate, Vanita Gupta is now the third highest ranking official at the Department of Justice.
1: I would guess if the American people could give us a word of advice in the United States Senate, they would suggest that we do our best to work together that we try to establish priorities and meet them, and that we try to bring to the new administration of President Joseph Biden the most competent, qualified people that we can to help our nation through this pandemic and our economic recovery. And it's in that spirit that I close the debate on Vanita Gupta to be the next Associate Attorney General of the United States.
14: All post-closure time has expired. The question is on the nomination. Is there a sufficient second? There appears to be. The clerk will call the roll.
7: Are there any senators in the chamber wishing to vote or change his or her vote? If not, the yeas are 51, the nays are 49, and the nomination is confirmed.
15: Thank you, Madam President. First, I just want to say, Before I move move on a motion to discharge, it is really so good to have Vanita Gupta now installed as associate attorney general. Um, She will be... To have someone with such a background in civil rights at this time in American history is so important and so vital to the country. And I'm so glad that the Senate has now approved her and she can do her vital job, including dealing with the systemic bias we've seen in policing. Uh, and in law enforcement uh, throughout the country.
6: The vote was 51 to 49. Uh, Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski was the only Republican to cross the aisle to vote for Vernita Gupta. doesn't matter. She is now confirmed. All right, folks, uh, speaking of the United States Senate, they had a committee hearing yesterday that dealt with the issue of the right to vote. It was called Jim Crow 2021, the latest assault on the right to vote. Well, Republicans were not too happy with that label. It was really a hearing that was all about Stacey Abrams. That's really who they were trying to attack. Then you had Louisiana Republican Senator John Kennedy. No, he's nothing like the late President John F. Kennedy. This dude is stuck on stupid. He actually thought he was going to corner Stacey Abrams. Want to see somebody get served?
1: You're against the Georgia bill, I gather. Is that right? I'm against certain provisions of it, yes. Okay, and I think you've called it a racist bill. Am I right?
4: I think there are provisions of it that are racist, yes.
1: Okay. Tell me specifically, just give me a list of the provisions that you object
4: to. I object to the provisions that remove access to the right to vote. It shortens the federal runoff period from nine weeks to four weeks. Okay. It restricts the time a voter can request and return an absentee ballot application. Right. It requires that a voter have a photo identification or some other form of identification that they're willing to surrender in order to participate in the absentee ballot um,
1: process. That, it that, eliminates- if I can stop you, that's that's where they're going uh, to to uh, not comparing signatures but to voter ID.
4: Yes, sir. And as Ms. Eiffel has pointed out, we would become only the fourth state in the nation to require voters to put at risk their ability. What else? What else? It eliminates over 300 hours of Dropbox availability. Okay, what else? It bans nearly all out of precinct votes. Bans what? I'm sorry? Out of it, bans nearly all out of precinct votes. Okay. Meaning that if you get to a precinct, and you are in line for four hours and you get to the end of the line and you are not there between 5 and 7 p.m.,
9: you have to start all over again. Is that everything?
4: No, it is not, (laughs) no sir. It restricts the hours of operation because it now under the guise of setting a standardized timeline, it makes it optional for counties that may be Um, may not want to see expanded access to the right to vote. They can now limit their hours. Instead of those hours being from 7 to 7, they're now from 9 to 5, which may have an effect on voters who cannot vote during business hours, on, during early voting. It limits the
6: Okay, I hours. get the idea. <laughs> I bet you do get the idea. That's why you shouldn't ask a really smart woman a question. If you don't know the answer in advance. All right, folks, let's go to Georgia. where A group of pastors yesterday called for a statewide boycott of Home Depot. Here's Pastor Jamal Bryant speaking at the news conference.
3: The picture Good afternoon. Was so cool. My name is uh, Pastor Jamal it was Harrison Bryant from a New picture Birth Missionary Baptist Church. Of and
2: all white men, nothing wrong with white men, but all white men in a room. Sitting down or standing.
6: Okay, why 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 is video playback on my computer? Why do I have a file that says video playback? Did y'all airdrop something to me? Okay, I don't understand that because uh all right, we're just gonna pick it up. We're gonna do a pickup. Go.
3: Good afternoon. My name is uh, Pastor Jamal Harrison Bryant from New Birth Missionary Baptist Church in Stonecrest, Georgia. I'm reminded of when uh, Dr. King uh, wrote a letter from the Birmingham jail, and he said to those who opposed him, we are here because injustice is here. And that is the reason why we're standing outside of Home Depot is because we feel grave injustice is taking place, not just across the street, but around the country from failing to operate in integrity from a corporation one of the lead uh, characters, albeit fictional, from the Avengers was Thor, and Thor's only superpower was that he had a hammer. That hammer out of Norwegian mythology suggested it was for defense and it was to bless. That hammer was to bless and it was for defense, but it never worked when it wasn't in his hand. The reality is that what is in the hands of the people is what makes democracy work. What is in the hands of the people is what the electorate works on. It is, in fact, known as power to the people. In 1867, one of America's oldest corporations was Arm & Hammer. They said it was strong enough, but delicate enough to handle every room and every circumstance. As a consequence, that baking soda, that baking powder has, in fact, trust of the American people because it knows the strength of a hammer. Mm. Regrettably, all of Minnesota is collectively holding its breath. My mother and my grandmother
7: taught me the importance and power of voting.
6: All right, don't worry about it. We're gonna cut that off at a certain point. All right, so here's what's gonna happen. We're gonna cut that off, then we're gonna pick up to the early part of the interview there uh, that we did with the other folks. Um, OK, Um. Uh, let's see here. Give me one second. OK, so we're going to come out of the interview thanking them. All right, folks have to go to a break when we come back five years since the death of Prince. And we'll recognize that next on Roller Martin Unfiltered.
0: America is the only country founded on an idea. The radical idea that citizens could govern themselves. It was called the American experiment because there was no reason to believe it would work. A republic, if you can keep it. Every generation has been called to defend and renew the promise of America. For some, it was on the battlefield. For others, it was on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Now the battle has come to the steps of the capital itself. Democracy is under assault like no time since 1860. We have a choice. Look away or stand up and fight. It's not about conservative or liberal. It's about freedom versus autocracy. We didn't choose this moment, but history has chosen us. Which side are you on?
15: The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. Hi,
10: my name is Latoya Luckett.
15: Yo, it's your man Dion Cole from Blackish, and you're watching... Roland
10: Martin, Unfiltered.
15: Stay
5: woke.
6: Folks, five years ago on this day, the world was shocked. We learned of the death of Prince. He passed away, of course, accidental fentanyl overdose at the age of 57. Okay, what the hell was that? Start over. I need you to fix the iPad. Okay, it doesn't matter what the fuck happened back there. This is the gun going to be airing, so I need you need to fix the iPad. Yeah, but I'm saying it doesn't matter. No, I'm saying it doesn't matter. The what's going on? Air. See right there, blackouts right there again. Okay, it has to be something because this is the preview right here. So roll that video back. It has to be something.
9: Anthony, there got to be
5: something up
6: there. When it blacks out like that, it's a frame rate issue. First of all, what's the file extension? All right, are we ready? All right, let me scroll down. Here we go. Three, two, one. It's been five years since iconic entertainer Prince passed away with an accidental fictional overdose at the age of 57. Folks all across the world were shocked and stunned at the announcement of his death. Today, Paisley Park, Prince's home, that has been turned into a museum, allowed a select group of 1,400 fans to visit the singer's creative sanctuary. For the first time in years, the urn carrying his ashes has returned to the atrium to be viewed by the public. All day, the legendary Purple Rain hitmaker's name has been trending on Twitter. Of course, uh, we certainly, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, the family of Prince Rogers Nelson and of course, uh, his uh, fans all across the world. Folks, the public memorial for DMX is gonna be held at Brooklyn's Barclays Center on Saturday. New York State COVID-19 regulations restrict arenas like Barclays Center to 10% capacity. The event is going to be closed to the public, but will broadcast via live stream. DMX died, of course, uh, this month at the age of 50. And so many people have been remembering him. And so his family, they announced they were going to have that particular uh, public ceremony. All right, folks, got to uh, uh, announce uh, uh, some, uh, some good news uh, for us. Uh, we have been working for the past, past four months on this amazing project with the folks at Facebook. Uh, And the project really is, they came to me and they said, hey, you want to do the six-part series? What do you want to do? I said, I want to host a series of intergenerational conversations. These conversations would pit young activists with elders and for them to be able to sit down and dialogue. Folks, the first one on Monday is going to be Dr. Janetta B. Cole, of course, uh, President Emerita of Bennett College and Spelman College, uh, and she's sitting down with Tiffany Lofton. Other conversations include uh, Chuck D., Chris Payne, Alexis Herman, uh, and Brittany Packnett, Bree Newsom, Reverend Dr. William J. Barber. Uh, we also have Charles Cobb uh, sitting down talking with Philip Agnew. I mean, I'm talking about just these. Really unbelievable conversations. And, of course, we also have Ambassador Andrew Young sitting now talking with Cliff Albright, the co-founder of Black Voters Matter. It's going to debut on our uh, right here Roller Mart Unfiltered on our channels on Monday. Here is the first promo of the first intergenerational conversation. Dr. Cole and Tiffany Lofton.
4: I believe that people our age have lost the ability to focus the the discipline on the
10: art of organizing.
7: It takes all of y'all to represent your generation. (laughs) The African proverb says, the young go fast, the elders know the way. That is so freaking dope. (laughs) What a powerful combination. The challenges, there's so many of them and they're complex and we need to be moving to address them, but I'm able to say, watch out Tiffany, I know this problem.
4: Like you said, giving folks the wisdom and we can go fast together, Mm -hmm. it happens in a lot of spaces, I don't think it happens enough.
6: All right, folks, trust me. Looking forward to that uh, great, great, great conversation. You don't want to miss it. All right, folks, that's it for us. If y'all want to support us here at Roland Martin Unfiltered, please do so by joining our Brain the Funk fan club. Every dollar you give goes to support what we do here, bringing you the kind of news and information you're not going to get anywhere else. Folks, Cash App, dollar sign, RM Unfiltered, PayPal PayPal.me forward slash Martin Unfiltered, Venmo.com, it's forward slash R M R Unfiltered, Zelle is rolling at RolandSMartin.com, and of course, you can send us some money order to New Vision Media Inc., 1625 K Street, Northwest, Suite 400, Washington, D.C., 2006. But that is not it for us, y'all. Today, 20 years ago, my wife Jack and I got married, uh, and uh, she put together uh, this uh, video here. Now, look, we probably don't get knocked off Facebook and YouTube uh, because I chose to use Willie Hutch's song, I Choose You. Y'all, he is a Houstonian. Kill the music, please. He is a Houstonian. And so, hey, that's what I do. But anyway, uh, here's a a slideshow uh, she put together. Hope you all enjoy. All right, folks, and so happy anniversary, uh, Jay Hood. Oh, Reverend Dr. Jackie Hood Martin. All right, folks, that's it. Uh, I gotta go. I always do chocolate cake for our anniversary and Valentine's Day, so uh, I got to go, uh, have some anniversary cake. I'll see you guys tomorrow right here on Rolling Martin Unfiltered. Holla
2: from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.